Hello and welcome to Mind and Money Show, where we talk all things mindset, money management and our entrepreneurial journey. Along the way, we're going to throw in some amazing guests for good measure. I'm Shane Highland. I'm Gareth Shears. This show is going to change your life and teach you skills that school never taught you. Boom. Welcome to Sky Sports News. I feel old today. I feel old. Started a new gym routine. Body weight only. Oh Lord, I feel old today. All out by you. Yeah, I feel old today. I feel old. Body weight only. Body weight only. What do you do? That's good. The full workout. Today was day day one. It was only the the session itself was only seventeen minutes and fourteen seconds. It took me. Right. Oh really? It was. And then an hour of chatting. Oh, no, no, no. I was in and out quickly. Um, spoke to Joe Ledley today. Um, no, Joe. Um, do you want to come on? Um, it was fifty sets. Continuous of uh, a burpee. Um, I can't think of the name, but when you kind of fall down, like you were, um, you were um, pulling some weights on some sort of stretch thing. I don't know what it's called. Then um, a star jump and then um, a crunch. So it's fi- that was one set. So it's just one of each. Oh, so one set of those four exercises, five exercises? Yeah, 50 times. 50 times. Yeah. So with any break in between no. or just continuous? Continuous. Nice. Yeah, I was. Um, I'm. 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 Yeah, I'm feeling. It. But you know what? I, All body weight. No. No weights involved. No. No. No weights because this is day one of twelve weeks. Wow. Yeah. How many? How many days a week you got to do this? Four. That's doable. You do it at home if you need to. Could do. Can yeah. Do you know what I did realize? You know when we talk about what we do in our day job and knowing your numbers. Do you know the exercise kicks in? You don't know your numbers. And someone told me a little hint. I I got last night five poker chips, right? And I brought them with me. People were looking at me funny in the gym. I lined them up, and every oh, so you ten. Know, so you know your. So you know when you get to your fifty, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but every ten, I kind of moved the poker chip yeah, over. Yeah. I'm sure I done sixty five today because I was going one, two. I'll do another two because I'm not sure. And it was okay for the first how ten. Many, how many burpees you doing each time? Is just just one. So one. it's one burpee, one thing. You so yeah, one squat or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah, one squat, one one star jump, one burpee, one one uh, sit up, and it sounds easy enough. But you're constantly up, down, up, down, over, and doing fifty. Of them. Do you know what it gets you thinking? Is you can put it. There's an app on your phone where you can do. There's like uh, it's CrossFit stuff effectively, isn't it? There is yeah. an app on you can tap the screen. It'll, it'll count your reps here. Yeah, but it's just even the mental side of trying to count ten is really difficult when you're. Blowing and your lungs are, are aching and all that, but it was good. Day one today, so I'm not back here next week and he's on his own. There's a reason I've basically fallen crippled. <laughs> That's it, it's all done and dusted in a short time. You know what you're doing each time, which is, um, but do you know what? It, it, it's quite a good thing. It's we all say, know your numbers, know your numbers. When I can't bloody count, I didn't know my numbers today. Just didn't, didn't know. Yeah, it's difficult when it's like that, and you need someone counting for you. But it's, it's, I, I love that sort of stuff of trying to remember. And you know, when you can't count to ten, you feel like a proper pleb in in somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But fair. you have to you have to manage the situation, which is probably the same. You know, um, when you talk about businesses and business owners and knowing numbers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I know we're going to chat today about. Your business isn't really a pension, uh-uh. unless 
the business is set up in a certain way. And it can be. But I'll go out on a limb and say probably 90% of businesses are not going to be a pension. It's, there's no stats behind that. I'm just kind of throwing it out there, really. It's a lifestyle business more so than a yeah, business. Yeah, most, most of us run a lifestyle business. I think unless unless you're in a type of industry where you're going to be bought out or um, like our, our professional industry is that people will buy financial advice practices from multiple of your retained income or regular income, whichever you want, want to look at it. And, and that will vary from place to place, but it's a little bit kind of unique like that. Um, but, but a lot of businesses, unless you have something particularly unique about it and does have a saleable value to it, they're not going to really. They're not going to be a pension to be sold. I think people think that they're going to get to sixty five and go. I'll sell it to Steve down the pub. He's going to buy it. it. Doesn't quite work like that. Isn't it funny that you you have a business that's it is technically a lifestyle business, but because it's a lifestyle business and it hasn't the correct structure in place, it impacts on your lifestyle that you want to have because you're probably doing more hours than you want to do. You're not taking as many holidays as you'd like to do because you can't. Um, mm. You're working more hours than you you want to late, early in the morning, late at night, as you say. And that's that's because the business usually is you, not um, a separate entity. And the, the 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 kind of main thing is that we say to people is, you know, never mind the thing if you were if you were ill or if something happened. Can you take six weeks of of school holidays off and can that business run successfully and continue to run successfully without you the vast majority of people say no so the business mm-hmm. is them yeah and that's exactly it and i think to like kind of cover this off is that if you are the sales person within your business and if you take six weeks holiday and that six week off is going to impact your business in you know one month, two months, three months, six months down the line, because you haven't been able to sell, your business doesn't have a saleable value to it because it cannot function without you in the business. Yeah. If now, if you run a business and you have a team of salespeople, then that changes the dynamics a little bit. But to actually really make your business a saleable asset, it's got to be something that someone wants to buy that can run without you in it or at least run without you in it after a certain period but you'll find the most and we ask this question of business owners a lot can your business run if you took the six weeks holiday off altogether without you having any real input in it maybe yes you might have to pick up a call that says you know what do we do with this what do we do with that but generally you could shut your phone off and come back and that business will still be running you can see the cold sweats when people hear that question being yeah. asked and and, and they, they kind of shake of the head and go, no chance. And if they say no chance, then there's a very good chance. Don't get me wrong, they could sell that business, okay? But not for what they think they can sell it for. You know, you might sell it for 50, 100 grand maybe, okay, at a push. But what you're not going to get is this seven-figure sale which people have in their mind because it doesn't have a structure in place. You know, to, to really sell a business, it has to have some sort of structure in place, a managerial structure, a financial structure to it. 
that most people don't have that because it might just be them and a handful of staff. Yeah. yeah. You know, and which doesn't have a book of clients which give a regular income. I'm like our industry is a little bit different because you know, you could be one person running the business, you could have ongoing client remuneration of two, three hundred thousand money, you're guaranteed in reality, yeah, because you have the same clients year on year. Then that could be sold for anywhere between two and maybe six times the multiples. Yeah. But that's a little bit of a rare formula. Yeah. You know, if if you've got a business that sells, let's just say for argument's sake, candles, yeah, unless they're a big growing brand of candles and you're gonna someone from a bigger manufacturer is gonna come in and go, you've got something really unique, really special there, your business can't is not it doesn't have a value to it. It's just a lifestyle business. It's almost it almost brings back the the idea. You know, we're only a few weeks away from it now, Christmas, uh, but Christmas markets and you know the little stalls that you see in the in the um, the little areas and they have singular companies, small local companies that are selling unique bespoke things. Be they, as you say, candles, maybe chocolate brownies, and that are a bit different, mm-hmm. but maybe um, pictures or um, things that they've made out of pieces of driftwood or something like that. That is all something that an individual has crafted themselves. And that's not going to be something that you can scale up realistically because you're going to have to teach them. That's something that you can do yourself or ironwork sort of stuff or paintings or whatever it may be. So, yeah, the product that you're selling is valuable, but the business is technically not. And should you die, go on the sick long term or reduce your work in hours, there is a very, very high probability that income streams will reduce. And as you said, for that sole reason, business owners of a lifestyle business need to grasp this concept that as much as they may be making huge and really, really good profits at the moment and good money, a proportion of that on a regular basis needs to be squirreled away into pensions, ISAs, Properties. I don't really care where the money is going to build external incomes for the future, but they need to be doing that here and now, extracting from the business in the most tax efficient manner for the day that they go, I've had enough, Mm. and the income streams for wherever the other money has gone can be turned on. Yeah. Because, and I think that's a very good point is to make, is that from a very early stage of business, if you start making these habits of saving into a pension, saving into investments from your business, yeah, making sure it's adequately insured, your business could in the future become something which is valuable and could sell out, yeah? Okay, and you could get six, seven-figure sale on it. But then if it hasn't, you've put away money from the business that will allow you to have that retirement. But if you don't do that thing at the very start, if you come to the end of it and go, I'm now going to sell my business and you cannot sell it, then you're stuck in that business for the rest of your life. And the point as well is that you usually have allowances per year and you use them or lose them. For example, ICE allowance, personal allowance, capital gains tax, all of these allowances that the government allow you to offset or, um, and, or not pay tax on, or whatever it may be. You can't get to the stage where you go, I'm six months out, I've got 
X amount of 100,000 or whatever in a business, if you extract it in one fell swoop, you're going to pay potentially um, a, a tax on that in some format. If you start doing that over the course of a, of a decade or two decades, then you're going to be extracting the profits on a regular basis, utilizing the allowances that the government currently allow you to do, which may change in the future if they have to pay back all of these or charge you more or taxes high. So the sooner you start doing these things and, and drip feeding money out, the more the, the great uh, compound of, um, interest will work and you will have less left in the business. So when that day eventually comes, you may not need to finish up um, or you may want to finish up and may not be able to, but um, a lifestyle dictates that you have to keep going. But if you've had alternative arrangements in place, that can become a proper lifestyle business and you can do it one day a week, two day a week, not for the money, but just for something to do. So there's a plan needed, not months out, but probably years out. Well, yeah, from day one, I think from the time you set up a business, you need to create those habits of saving into pensions, making sure you're properly insured for you and the family and the business. If you create those habits early on, but that's also a, if you do actually think you can sell it, that's attractive to a buyer because they can see, oh, hang on a minute, they were drawing an income from it and a nice income, but they were also saving a thousand pound a month, three thousand pound a month, or five hundred pound a month into a pension. So they know this extra profit in business actually was set up really well. But if they can see all you've done all your life is extract every bit of profit out of that business, when you come to try and sell it, it's worth even less than you thought it was worth. But if you can put these little structures in place, your business might then be worth something. But I think you you can build a business to be unsaleable if you've got something unique, but you've also set a bit of a process up in place. You've empowered other people to drive the business forward. You've put sales teams in place. You've put managerial structures yeah, in place. Yeah. And I'm not talking about having 300 staff. You know, you could you could put a very nice structure in place to a lifestyle business, maybe up to 10 members, key members of staff, but I will still make it a saleable asset. You know, they don't have to be hundreds of staff. They don't have to be 20, 30, 40, 50 staff. Yeah, the more staff you have, the more likelihood you're going to have a bit of a higher saleable value to it. But you can still put a structure. You just need to make that business automated so it runs without you in the business. And, that, and that's getting the likes of someone like us involved and an accountant and, the account, and saying to your accountant on a yearly basis, right, what are the government going to charge me for this year in terms of thing called tax? What can I offset that will make me pay less tax? So the amount of money that the government are going to charge me, can I still take that money out of my account or my business? And instead of giving it all to the government, can I give some to my, the future, my future self in the form of a pension contribution, an investment, whatever it may be, so that it builds up rather than just going tax, tax, tax. There needs to be a bit of change of behaviour and a change of what you do. I suppose it's a bit like preparing your your meal um, or your lunch the night before rather than just going buying it every day. If you, It's going to take some time to go out and learn that you have to buy their stuff in advance and it's going to be cheaper. Plus, if you do make it the night before, it's going to be healthier for you. But that takes a lot of work at the start to start creating the habits of going to the shop and, and creating your own lunch the night before because it's so much easier just to go to a Greg's or whatever and buy a meal deal or a Boots or whatever it may be. But it's just 
creating a new habit, a new behavior, and sticking to that routine. Yeah, and, and, and to grow a business, you've got to put the automation these habits in place. Because if you do want to sell it, or at least you want to exit in the future, you need to have that plan in place. And you, know, you, you can't just rely on the fact that it'll sort itself out. But I hear it so many times. My business is my pension. It's not. And, and we will not put it onto a cash flow forecast for a client to show them what the future looks like when we do financial planning, unless it's a business which has a certain structure in place and has already had a valuation, which is a real valuation of the business. Yeah. Now, if you think your business is going to be worth something, I would suggest in very early stages, go and find a company that will value the business to give you an outline figure, because you might be very surprised to them to tell you it's actually worth absolutely nothing. Yeah. But well, the alternative, it's worth a shed load and you can go now. Very yeah, rare it, Exactly that. But then, you know, and, and that's another thing, you know, if your business is worth a lot of money, you also need to put yourself, you need to prepare for that exit as well. So that, you know, because you you can't just try and do that overnight either. So if you, your business is worth something, you need to put steps and preparation in place for actually, if you do want to exit, what that exit can look like and when it's going to happen and build that business towards that and give the most amount of value out of it. Your business is not your pension, but it can be your retirement plan. And if you utilize the allowances and the other professionals around, like financial planners, financial advisors, and accountants, to maximize the maximum you can draw down in certain parameters per year to funnel into the future you. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe and remember to follow us on social media for more content like this.